showtime. Welcome to the Rosie and Bill Show. I'm Bill Miller, along with my co-host, Rosie DeSanctis. Our guest tonight is one of the greatest players to ever wear the orange and black. During his 15-year NHL career, he scored more than 400 goals, 1,000 points, and appeared in five NHL All-Star games. And he's a member of the Philadelphia Flyers Hall of Fame. His accomplishments on the ice were incredible, and his comeback from a stroke in 2015, well, that's the stuff movies are made of. Please welcome to the Rosie and Bill Show, the man they call proper, Brian Prop. Brian, yeah, welcome to doing? the show. Yeah, how are you doing? Uh, the power is on, uh, like you have to, it's a little difficult, but uh, you're still doing a good job. <laughs> We're doing our best. Yes, we're, we're in a little bit of a crazy hurricane Isais uh, power outage here. Yes, but the show must go on. The show must definitely go on, especially when you've got someone like Brian Propp as your guest. So, Brian, I, I wanted to ask, Rosie mentioned uh, the stroke you had in 2015 and that comeback journey that really still goes on to this day. Can you take us back to that Labor Day weekend in Annapolis and the situation that you were faced with afterward? Yeah, sure. Because, uh, like, I had an ablation uh, before, like uh, a few years before uh, the stroke happened, uh, and I thought I was okay because I didn't have to take the blood thinners after that. But uh, I, I, the medication wore off my ablation, and uh, so I went AFib, and uh, probably the clot went into my heart, into my brain. And uh, so like uh, I was vacationing with my family in Annapolis uh, with, uh, for a couple days. The first day I was okay. The second day uh, I fell out of bed at the middle of the night. Uh, I couldn't talk, I couldn't uh, walk. I, I didn't know what I was doing. Thankfully my uh, family was there to get their help right pretty fast. Uh, but you know, it was uh, scary because uh, I, I didn't know, like I couldn't talk. So I, had, I didn't communicate other people I just had to figure out what was going on thankfully uh, I'm, I'm recovered uh, pretty well right now gosh Brian that's just so scary we're glad you're recovered too yeah well me too uh, so now you know, I'm still uh, you know back to skating twice a week with a group of guys that I know at Pensac Skate Zone and you know play some golf I just golfed yesterday and so, you know, the only thing that's affected me is my uh, fingers don't work on my right hand and my right side. So I can't drive the ball as far as I did before, but I uh, usually hit it straight. But I love uh, golf and hockey. Uh, I, every day I, I do that. Uh, it's special to me. Brian, I, I know I've heard you say in the past it took about a year and a half or so of, of therapy as, as part of your road back. Where did you draw your inspiration and motivation from to just keep coming back? Yeah, I think that I was always in me because like at the start, like I wasn't sure what was going to happen because it took me a long time to, to learn how to talk again. Because uh, at the start, the only thing I 
because it was Ant and Bert Prant. You know, it just, just came to me. But you had to relearn how, with your brain how to talk. Took the longest with a speech therapist. Uh, so my occupational therapist was a little uh, later, uh, longer too. And my physical was, uh, was good because I was in good shape. And so uh, my balance was okay. So I didn't have problem with uh, skating and golfing now. And so uh, it did, but it, you know, it took a long time and, uh, to, to, to tell people, because I'm also the ambassador for Bancroft, uh, brain injury people. So I tell people to, you know, to take their time. You have to take some more time with your brain to heal. And uh, you know, we, we do a good job with uh, all the things that, uh, that I've been doing with Bancroft. Well, two things, first of all, that had to be more than a little scary for you to not be able to communicate. And our audio kind of got a little weird with the internet connection. So you said the first two words were and and perant. Yeah, Bernie right? Prant. Yeah, <laughs> right, Bernie Prant. right. Yeah. And how does he feel about that? <laughs> well, at, at that time, like, you know, a, a couple of years later, like I was the ambassador for the Philadelphia Flyers. I am, I am at every home game and with, I worked with Bernie Prant. I was just with him a couple of days ago. We were having a guffaw cigar uh, when we watched the hockey game a couple of days ago. He, he, he laughs about it because, uh, you know, that's, uh, that just came to me. I don't know. Uh, maybe because of our, our initials are BP the same. So uh, we, we kind of learned from that. That's funny. Was your wife at all insulted by that? <laughs> oh, no, no, because, well, it, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't, my, my family didn't even know what I was going to say. Uh, so like it just, Bernie Pratt just came, came out and uh, I couldn't even say their names either. What does it mean to you, Brian, to be the ambassador for Nora Rehab? Because it has to be something that's really near and dear to your heart after everything you've been through. Yeah, because uh, I had the experience of, of uh, the stroke and, uh, and I, I visit a lot of people that have strokes. And so I talk with them all the time. We also have a support uh, group that we talk to every, uh, every couple of months. And uh, I visit like the, the people that are there and, you know, and even with uh, the people that I, I find that uh, have strokes, like McGee, really, I, like I help them with uh, visiting with them too. But it's really important for the people that have strokes because you never know when it's going to happen. And, and they're not sure what they want to do after that. And so like I give them encouragement and uh, you know, give them hope to make sure that they do all the best thing that they can. But uh, Bancroft does a great job with the help uh, that they have with the occupational therapist, a speech therapist, and all of those people, you know, they do a wonderful job. And I just did a, a, a video a couple of months ago of me just getting back to skating. And it was really, really nice. Uh, they did an awesome job with that too. We saw it on YouTube, uh, that video. It's an amazing video. And for folks who are watching, if you go to the Bancroft Nora Rehab a website, there's a Brian, you'll see his story both in written form uh, and that video that Brian just mentioned is one of several that they have on the website. It's very informative uh, from Brian's perspective and the video is very, very powerful, it really is. Brian, along those lines, um, you know, you, you played as a hockey player all those years, you basically wore one helmet, but in your life today, you wear a lot of different hats. And one of those hats, I believe, has the initials that are, that are behind you right now, WCRE, Wolf Commercial Real Estate, where you are the Director of Strategic Relationships. Can you tell us about what's involved with that role? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. I've been with them uh, five and a half years. Uh, Jason Wolf is my boss, and uh, I just talked with him today because, uh, you know, we, we can get back into the office a little bit and uh, visit people. Uh, but uh, I, I got my license right at the start uh, because you need to for uh, security and uh, find other things. But the way I, I work it is uh, I use uh, my name and we promote it a little better. And if uh, we find a space, like I'll work with another broker in the office and split the commission. Uh, but uh, we do a really good job of marketing everything. Uh, we, we do everything like sales, leasing, uh, grant, uh, in, industrial, property management. And then we have another division that uh, does loans uh, on the commercial side. So it's, uh, it's great to you know, have an office in Marlton and we're right downtown Philadelphia, 1717 Arch Street. So uh, we've got a lot of uh, new guys, young guys that are there uh, hungry and they're uh, on, the, on the work all the time. How are you navigating with this business through the whole pandemic? Well, it's actually uh, easier because I, I work from home and so virtually, uh, like I do a lot of things. So I'm usually up pretty early and, uh, you know, with all the things that I'm doing, I, you know, it keeps me busy. Plus I, I take lectures and renaming the pictures and uh, like golf and hockey and, and uh, fishing and, and friends and family. So uh, it keeps me busy, but uh, yeah, I, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm up there every day uh, doing is, uh, is what I want, uh, but I, I still get it all accomplished. Well, it sounds like you're very motivated. I mean, you know, getting back to that video uh, that you just spoke about that, uh, where you were skating, that was just incredible. It, it, it actually choked me up to watch that, to see the journey that you took from that debilitating stroke and then to see you out there skating and shooting again, it was incredible. So congratulations to you for that. And we see that you're still living in the Philadelphia area as many professional athletes that come to Philadelphia do. What do you think it is about this area that keeps people and these pro athletes around? Uh, well, first of all, like I grew up in Saskatchewan, Canada. Uh, with a uh, town of 300 people. My dad is a Lutheran minister. I have uh, two brothers and two sisters. We're all 13 months apart. So we had our own hockey team. So we didn't really know much or better about that except to skate and go to school and have some fun. And so, uh, but you know, for, for my dad, uh, I love what he, he taught me, uh, how to play hockey, how to be humble and how to give back. Uh, but uh, and I think that it, 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 uh, in, in the 80s, they picked the people for, with good character. And so we had good character players. We played with like Bob Clark was there for five years when I played with him and then went to the GM. And then, uh, you know, I was with the, the uh, Flyers 11 years. And so like, what are they going to do in Saskatchewan? Uh, you know, so it was good for me to live uh, here in uh, Philadelphia because a lot of people that uh, – day after love the area it's close to the shore and, and only an hour away a lot of things to do and you can find work and so you know thankfully um, I just moved to Haddonfield a few months ago and uh, Kimo Timonen and uh, Scott Harton live right near where I am and uh, Couturio just kind of moved in the area so you know I, I talk with a bunch of the people all the time yeah so but it, it's it's so nice uh because it's centrally located you go to new york and boston and uh 
and Washington and Pittsburgh, it's, it's an easy drive. It is. In fact, you know, I'll, I'll bet you, Brian, I'll bet you Bernie would say, because he's been here for a long time, too. I'll bet you he would say it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> oh, say. yeah. He's good at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Brian, we've got a lot more that we want to talk to you about. Um, in fact, I want to come back to that, like you talked about the character and that team in the 80s. And we'll probably, I also might get a shot in about how Bob Nystrom was offsides in game six in 1980 and they never <laughs> called it, but we'll come back to that. Right now, it's time for everyone to break out your pen, your notepad, and get ready to take some notes because it's time for 60 seconds with Coach Lombardi. Take it away, Coach. Coach Lombardi here. I received a question from you about spot training versus spot reducing. Now let's face it, the only way you can reduce fat in one specific area is through surgery, and I'm not suggesting that. But you can spot train because all that really is is isolating a muscle group. So if you want to just work your biceps, you do bicep curls. Or if you want to get tighter, more developed abs, you do ab exercises. The problem is you can't reduce in those areas if you aren't eating on point and I haven't even talked about cardio yet. Now you can get lean and tight and show your abs without any cardio if you're training hard with weights or some other type of resistance training like bands, TRX, kettlebells, and you're eating well. Now you won't be able to see that hard-armed muscle if your diet is keeping a layer of fat on top of it. Add 20 minutes of high-intensity cardio intervals and you'll get there faster. So the moral of the story here is you have to do both. You have to eat clean, train regularly, and the results will follow. Hey, I'm Coach Lombardi for the Rosie and Bell Show. Well, there's another great tip from Coach Lombardi. Can't wait to see what Gina has for us next week. But now it's time to get back to our special guest, Brian Propp. Now, any self-respecting Flyers fan knows what the guffaw is. But many people might not be aware of the fact that the guffaw is now much more than just a celebratory gesture after scoring a goal, which by the way, Brian did more than every other player in Flyers franchise history, except one, another left winger. But guess what? Now you can celebrate with the guffaw anytime, anywhere, because thanks to Brian, you can light up a guffaw cigar. Brian, how did this all come about? Yeah, I was, was waiting a couple of years ago. We, uh, we went with my son, the Dominican Republic. So we learned uh, the factory there uh, in, in the Dominican Republic. So we learned how to make the cigars, roll them, uh, and then, of course, smoke them. So I was on a trip with my son and Ken Dunnick and a couple of his friends, uh, ex-Eagle, and so we, uh, we had a good time. And, but I've always been thinking about that uh, from the 80s because when I played golf, I liked to have a good cigar. So I was thinking about that for a lot of, lot of times. But it took me a couple of years to kind of get it all together and to make sure that it was done the right way. And now I'm a licensing agreement with Vivente Cigars. And so that means that I don't have to worry about manufacturing the cigars, but just order them online and uh, do a good job. But I, I didn't want it to make it 
it's quality, not a cheap one. Uh, so like, uh, that's why we, I ordered like 425 boxes for my 425 goals. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll sell pretty fast. And then after that, I'm going to go other boxes of 25 for a, a, light, a, a little cheaper uh, so that people can keep ordering. It's like uh, Ver Vermil with his wine. He, he, you don't want something cheap. You want to keep them ordering. Yeah, and, and you get what you pay for, right? So it sounds like a great quality cigar. Yeah, it really is. And I've had a couple already the last week because I've only had it a, a week. Uh, but it's unbelievably. Uh, I, I, I really love how the, that it's done. The wrapper is uh, one of the best in the world. And uh, it's like a 56 by 5 inch cigar. But it, it, it's really, uh, it burns really smooth. And uh, ash is always uh, right there, and and it's uh, it's uh, I'm really happy with the results. Ryan, well, where can everyone get the cigars? So if anybody wants, uh, they can order them from the D Dominican Republic from my GaspaCigars.com website, and that way, uh, like they can go to that, they'll they'll see the explanation of what it is, uh, what they are, and the price. Uh, and uh, so it, 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 it's all good. Well, as a player, it seems that you had the ability to take your game to another level during the playoffs. So my question to you is this, do you think that the current Flyers can do the same? Yeah, right now, like, uh, like they've been building for the, the, the team, the, the new coaching, and then of course having a good goalies or two good goals makes a difference, but Hart is the, the great goaltender like that that we've been waiting for and so uh, that makes a big difference and you know the leadership of the veterans and of course the younger defense like they're 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 tough to play against uh, so it, as a as a as a team it's really important uh, that you know they keep keep winning and uh, the, you learn how to win by uh, winning more often and but having the confidence of your goaltender uh, that makes a big difference, but uh, you know they, they won uh, at the start uh, a couple days ago, so that's great for the team. I, I'm excited for them, and I hope that they can win the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah. From your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'll I'll say this too, Brian. In addition to having obviously the goalie of the future, or the next Bernie or the next Pelly, in terms of Carter Hart. I think we've got a great coach, and in some ways he kind of reminds me of Mike Keenan in that what Keenan seemed to get out of you guys back in the 80s. And I said earlier I wanted to come back to it. And, and here's what I'd like to know, Brian. That, that team in the 80s, and you went to the Stanley Cup Finals three times with the Flyers, 80, 85, and 87, and took Edmonton to the limit. And, and that roster had pretty much everybody, I think, but the trainers in the Hall of Fame from that Edmonton team. And you guys took them to the limit. How do you think that team would fare in today's game if that team was in the bubble in Toronto right now? How would they do? How would you do? I think that we we really well because uh, we had uh, the character, like you mentioned, character. We had character players, uh, and uh, we had great leadership. Like uh, Mark Howe was was unbelievable, and Brad McCrimmon and Dave Poulin and Kerr and uh, in the, in the support guys like uh, Tockett, Zezel. Uh, memory and smith i mean uh, a nice mix of players uh and so 
you know, the goalie with Hextall in 87 and with Pelly in, in 80, 85, you know, we, he was just getting to be one of the best goalies in the league. And then Hexy, you know, of course, won the Conn Smythe in 87. You know, so like uh, that's that's where you start with. So you have a good goalie. Uh, we always played really well as a team. You know, we uh, and did uh, we uh, balanced uh, everything pretty good. And Mike Keenan was a good coach, and so we all loved that. And then uh, Pat Quinn was a coach in the '80 that I, I loved. Uh, so it's all about good coaching and good leadership and the character players. It's tough to get into the finals because it's you know, it's a long way to go, and uh, a lot of people don't even get into a, a Stanley Cup final, much less a playoff game. You know, but but this there's 24 teams that have a chance, so some of them could be uh, playing their first uh, playoff game, uh, and uh, of course, a heart won his uh, first game as a young goalie in Flyer history to have a playoff win. Yeah, he was impressive. That was for sure. In that game against Boston, he was very impressive. Yeah. So, so it's all about the team. And uh, so I think in the 80s, uh, we were, I was in the playoffs my first 13 uh, years. We always had good leaders, and, uh, and I always played with good players. Like, you know, even Bob Clark was there first five years, or Barber, uh, and uh, the rest of the players like Paul Holmgren and Ken Lindsman and, you know, of course, uh, the goalie was Pete Pillies. And, uh, and, you know, with, with Mark Howe, like, he was key. He was so good and is, is to this day. And, uh, you know, that's what you need. You need uh, great leaders and people that know how to win in the playoffs. But uh, as you mentioned, like, I, uh, stopped out, I, st I stopped up my game when in the, in the 80s. Uh, after my first year, I was a rookie, and we lost to the Islanders, and then we lost two straight in the playoffs. And so uh, I took a little uh, you know, rubbing for not promoting, uh, playing as well as I did in the, in the 81 and 82. But I learned from that because I had to be much better in when the playoffs get going. And so, you know, from that, I learned a lesson, lesson where I just had to be much better for the, to uh, make the team win. Yeah, and you, you still hold a, a lot of different records, specifically scoring records, points, assists uh, in the playoffs for, for the franchise and NHL records as well. So clearly the data proves that you really did step up your game in a big way when the light was shining the brightest in the playoffs. Yeah, well, that was, uh, you know, I was very fortunate because I always played with good teams and uh, good coaching. And, uh, but, but it's all about uh, playing with better players and, and making other players better. Uh, you know, you're getting into the finals uh, five times was important for me. And, you know, the, the points that I, that I scored, almost a point a game, you know, with uh, 64 goals and 84 assists, you know, as the top uh, in the history of left wingers, you know, that's a pretty thing that I, I'm proud of. Were you one of those guys, like, how do you feel? It's a very physical sport and there's a lot of fighting that goes on. <laughs> I want to know how you feel about that. Was something that you liked to participate in? And, and is it any different for you now when you watch the game and those fights break out? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, well, I always had tough guys, so I didn't have to worry about fighting. Uh, but uh, they protected me. Like, uh, I bought them beer and they, they liked that. And so they, they protected me. <laughs> Me. Uh, but in the 80s, it was physical. Uh, I know that, you know, lo you know looking at uh, what, the, what they play today, like you can't really touch anybody or get hit. I got cross-checked all the time. 
uh, got held all the time. Otherwise, I could have scored more goals than that. Uh, but you know that the game has changed. Uh, it's faster. The goalies are better, and uh, you know. But you still have to know where to go and uh, power plays, and you know you have to be a bit better with uh, power play, and uh, you know that. But you have to keep. Like I tell a couple guys, uh, like uh, Voracek and uh, Giroux, they they have to step up their games to to score more in the playoffs because an assist is a little easier. But if you're a scorer, you have to score to be uh, accountable for the team. And so, like that's what I told a couple of these guys uh, that uh, it, it makes a big difference, and so they can learn from that. You know, because I always a uh, good scorer, and I, I and I scored when uh, when it counted. Uh, because you know it's it's like I said, it's easy to get assists every once in a while, but uh, to score makes a big difference because it helps you win games. Uh, but uh, you know, as far as uh, you know, the, the physical play it was it was fun, uh, you know, and the way it is now, like uh, it's a little different because uh, you don't get hurt as much, you know. But um, and uh, the spit is the speed's a lot a lot better. Uh, but now, yeah, you still have to win uh, in the in overtime like for the playoffs and so uh, it's a little different you're used to three on three and in uh, overtime and then shootouts and so it, it can go a little longer but uh, you know I, the way the players are playing uh, at the end of the year and the way they have balanced their their lines it's uh, it's really exciting for us those are all great points and and even though it's a little unusual and i was kind of wondering how hockey might seem without the fans i know they they're pumping in the crowd noise, so at least if we're watching on TV, we can kind of feel it. Um, and, and, but it's just great to see them play and, and the great to see the way they are playing. So I, I, I appreciate everything you said along those lines. And I, I have a feeling that even though we may have to do a parade on Zoom or somehow virtually, <laughs> I think we might not be that far away from it. Yeah, so like, uh, yeah, but it's, uh, it, we keep hoping, uh, but you know, it's a long way to go. Uh, but, you know, I'm not sure what the season's going to look like uh, this year uh, because, uh, you know, I was the ambassador for the Flyers the last four years, the home game. I'm not sure what's going to happen with that right now because of the, the season. Uh, but, uh, you know, hopefully it, it works out. Well, you've certainly been an inspiration, I'm sure, to all of the players. I think that, you know, after time, a few people, like, forget that I had the stroke because uh, – I'm, I'm talking much better now. Like I still have aphasia. I kind of get mixed up with words here and again. But all the hockey players that I know, the older guys, they're they're worse than me. Even though they didn't have a stroke. But uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. And uh, anyway, and I, and I look good, and I and I, I feel good. Uh, you know, I'm skating, uh, golfing, and uh, active, and uh, fishing, and you know. So like, I, I'm happy with my life. I, Really happy where, where I am with my life. That's wonderful. That is such a great thing to hear, Brian. And, and I'll tell you, you know, looking on some of the pictures I've seen on your Facebook page of the fishing and the golf, you really do look like you're, you're living life to the fullest. And, and, and one other thing I just wanted to share, I was at an event a couple of years ago where you were signing autographs and I watched you, you were handed every possible item under the sun and you signed everyone with a smile. I remember you signed a couple of wine bottles at one point. I'm thinking that can't be easy to write on a wine bottle, but you, you gave everybody a smile, you signed everything. And like Rosie said, not only are you inspiring players, I think you're inspiring a lot of fans 
everyone who comes to know your story. And when we found out that you were going to be coming on your show, we were just so excited because I think if you look at what we stand for, which is a source of positivity on social media, I can't think of too many people that embody all of those things more than you. So thank you so much. It was an honor having you on the show today. Yeah, thank you, Bill and Rosie. Good job. I appreciate you having me be there. Uh, as I said before, like uh, my dad taught me how to be humble and to give back. And you know, with uh, with with Bancroft, uh, every cigar box that uh, that is ordered, I give a percentage back to Bancroft too. Oh, that's phenomenal. Fantastic. I'll be ordering one myself. I'm going to be going to that <laughs> way. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, Brian, I'll tell you one thing that we do every week is, is we say a little thing to, to end the show, but I first want to say that you've done exactly what I say at the end of each show, which is you've made a difference for so many for so long. So folks, as always, make a difference for someone every day and make every day a great day. Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. And folks, we hope you enjoy the show. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Wide on the near side for Prop gets it. Gets it up through on the near side to Poulin. Broken up and then taken by Prop through into the zone. He's on a breakaway. Look out, short-handed, score! Three short-handed goals and a hat trick for Brian Prop. Holy cow, welcome to Wyatt Hockey on this Sunday. Talk about dick checking and how it will hurt you. Calgary, all four players back there went for the puck. And Portland's just love that when you just try to take that puck away from the front. Just Dipsy goes in and around, came in there and just beat Edwards for his hat trick. His second shorthanded goal, the Flyers' third of the game, and it's a 5 nothing lead. And believe me, that young man has just been outstanding for Philadelphia. And